Welcome to Fruit Snacks, a weekday podcast that covers big ideas about the Christian worldview in a bite-sized format. Hey everyone, I wanted to take a few minutes in today's episode to continue the conversation about the New Testament canon and how the books that we call the New Testament came into being. I mentioned in the previous episode that there were other books which the church did find useful but that were ultimately rejected as scripture. And I can give you a few examples of what some of those books are because we know about them through archaeology and New Testament scholarship, textual criticism, all these things. The first one is one that you will have heard of if you've been listening to Fruit Snacks over the last few weeks, and that is the book of First Enoch. And this was a book that was considered very helpful to, to those who were trying to understand a broader picture theologically of exactly what was happening in Genesis chapter 6, especially the first five verses of Genesis 6. Because if you read Genesis 6, 1 through 5, what you see is what feels like in the text a very abrupt, sharp left turn. We see all these things described of the sons of God and uh, going into the daughters of men, and there were Nephilim and mighty men. And then in verse 5, and everything was terrible, and everyone was really bad. And what First Enoch does, if you read it, is it fills in the blanks, basically, between verses 4 and verse 5 of Genesis chapter 6, and explains the connection between what the sons of God who sinned and left their proper station, and, and who created these hybrid Nephilim with these human women has to do with everyone being really terrible, awful people and ultimately bringing God's judgment on the world through the flood. And at least from the Jewish perspective, this was accepted as, if not plausible, as as fact about this is how things went down. And what's interesting is we see that uh, some of the earliest churches actually used First Enoch and, and did consider it scripture. The Ethiopian church, as a matter of fact, still uses First Enoch and considers it part of scripture to this day. And that is a tradition that goes back very far, arguably to the very first beginnings of the Ethiopian church, which we find in Acts chapter 8 with Philip and this Ethiopian eunuch who gets saved as he is traveling and reading Isaiah. Another book that the church found immensely helpful but ultimately didn't make the cut for scripture is a book known as The Shepherd of Hermas. Now, some church fathers argued vigorously in favor of one or both of these books being included, but ultimately they came to trust in the Holy Spirit's leading of his people. And there's just a fascinating passage in one of the early church fathers, and it escapes me right now which one it is, but where he, and I'm paraphrasing, but he essentially says, listen, I really think that First Enoch belongs in 
scripture. I really truly believe that it is scripture. And I'll defend that. However, if it turns out that the church at large comes to a different conclusion, then I will recognize that I was just wrong about this because ultimately my trust is that the Spirit of God is able to lead His people to the correct conclusions about these things. And it's very possible that I'm just wrong. And so He was willing to defer to the majority uh, opinion and decision over something like this because he recognized and trusted that the Spirit of God is more than capable of leading his people to the correct conclusion about some of these things. I, I find that perspective not only refreshing, but just kind of amazing. How many people do you know who have an incredibly entrenched and strong position on something who would be willing to say, if it turns out that the majority of other Christians disagree on this, I'm willing to let it go immediately and just say, I must have been wrong. I must have been wrong because God's spirit will lead and direct his people. And if I'm the one on the outskirts, then the problem is me, not with the church of God. I think that's amazing. But I want us to understand this too, because ultimately this kind of back and forth, these kind of debates and just the the vigorous defense of some of these things, even though they didn't ultimately get into the canon, shows us just how seriously this was taken by early Christians and by the church. They were in fierce debate and discussion with one another about these things, but they also were willing to to submit and to pray and to trust that the Spirit of God was going to lead them where they needed to go. I think there's a lot in there for us as we look at issues that we face as a church today that we would do well to trust that the Spirit of God is going to lead His people, that we need to spend time in prayer and and seeking God's face over these things, But also we can look at these examples and say the church found many, many things useful and helpful, but just because it was useful did not mean that it was automatically scripture. The standard was much, much higher than that. And these are just two examples of of something we can point to that illustrate just how high the standard was in the early church. 